This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Laura, let me start backwards here. Your last paragraph. I feel disconnected and I'm questioning if there's any reason to spend the rest of my life with him. Yes! Yes, there's a reason. Parker. Back on the podcast today is my guest. I love Evan Parker. You claim to be the relationship guy on this podcast. I feel like I just want to be, <laughs> I want to be put wherever I can help the most. This podcast has evolved so much into so many different aspects of life. And I was just thinking all of the wise men and women that you have on this podcast I always just tend to get the younger person questions because it's more fresh for me. So I was like, I'll help. I'll help wherever I can. I tend to be used for a, uh, the young guy who's having relationship issues, which is a very common problem. The, so, so many questions come up on this podcast and so many different categories that we talk about. And you, of all the guests that I have, you are the more quiet but you're, that's how you are in real life. You're a listener. You think. You listen. But then when you talk, it's like this explosion of wisdom will come in these spurts. That's incredible. And you're you're one of the reasons. Although you're my little brother, you're one of the reasons that you're a consistent guest on this podcast. And you're one of the reasons that you're on episode 100 next week. So everyone listening, we have pre-recorded already episode 100. This is episode 99. We're going to have episode 100 coming next Monday. You're not going to want to miss it. So if you listen to this, if you're new, or if this is your first one, or if you listen all the time, mark on your calendars next Monday morning, episode 100. I have some some all-star guests that we're all here in a panel together. If you don't know about this podcast, we answer your questions. You could email them to grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com, grangersmith.com. Podcast at gmail.com could be any question on any topic and any subject. 
And that's what, like you're saying, this podcast has evolved and that's what it's evolved to, to answering your questions. I feel very um, blessed to have people surrounding me in my life, wise counsel that I could talk to about anything, any kind of subject I could be in a setting of, uh, you know, the cab of a truck on a road trip or sitting around a campfire. And it's like, Hey man, could I kind of run something by you? I got something going on in my life. I want to run it by you. I love that I have that wise counsel and it occurred to me that I should share that wise counsel with the world on, in a podcast form. So, and then I'm kind of blown away that this podcast has grown to what it is. I mean, we're consistently in, in the top chart of all music podcast uh, in the world. And it's a testament to, to knowing that people uh, genuinely want to talk about life and listen about life and listen to, listen to other people's questions. Because although I'm going to answer several questions on here from you guys, Obviously, most of you will not get your question answered on this episode, but I would like to think that everything we talk about in the range of range of subjects, something is going to relate to your life or you're going to be able to take some kind of nugget out of it. I know I do for my own life. I listen to you guys and I, I go through this podcast and I ended up learning so much about my own life uh, just because of it. So yeah, I was going to say, it's just as beneficial for us to come together and be thinking about these topics and see what people are dealing with on a day-to-day basis, whether you know it or not, some of the different issues and how thirsty they are for, for knowledge and guidance. For sure. And I, you know, I know you do, and I know Chad and Bernie and Christian, all of us research so much during the week. We research other things and we read so much and we're constantly learning. And now that, now that I, when I read now and I listen to things I'm in my mind, I'm going, Ooh, that's a, that's a good idea to remember for an answer to a podcast. Mm -hmm. I want to start with an easy one here. Like a warm up question for, and it says the subject line says for Parker, it says, how long has it taken you to master the piano? Did you take lessons as a child? How many years? I truly think acoustic guitar and piano are beautiful together. Hint, hint, Granger. This question comes from Jen Lindler. Well, I was born with it and that's pretty much it. I've just always been great. (laughs) Right. Um, I once heard a guy say that, uh, I may not be necessarily gifted in something right off the bat, but I have a PhD in persistence and people are always like, man, that's such a gift. That's such a gift. And yes, honestly, the gift of persistence is a gift from God. Yeah. And to try to hone in on that is the key. And so I've been playing for about four years consistently. And I always tell people you're 20 minutes a day from becoming a master of whatever you want to become a master of. There's exceptions here and there to, you want to stay in the ballpark of, you know, what you're naturally good at and inclined to do and what your what, you know, the desires are that you have. And I've always just been interested in piano. And so I've been playing about 20 minutes a day for four years. And that's kind of where I've gotten to where I am. So you're, you're 20 minutes a day from any particular hobby or skill on the side that you want to be good at in a couple of years, you'll be, you'll be pretty proficient at it. Totally agree. And the exception you're talking about, is like, for instance, an NFL quarterback. Yeah. You can't practice 20 minutes a day and then eventually you're going to be an NFL quarterback. There's just certain limitations that we have as humans. But I think for the most part, especially musical instruments, that 20 minutes a day thing is you're going to be proficient in guitar or piano, no matter who you are, no matter if you don't have a creative or a musical bone in your entire body, 
you practice for 20 minutes a day for a, and put that together in a course of so many years, you're going to be able to sit around at, at Christmas time and play Christmas carols on the piano or the guitar. You just are. So, and that goes with anything in life. It's not just piano and, and guitar. It's, it's anything you want to get, you want to get pretty decent. I mean, if you practice ping pong for 20 minutes a day for five years, you're going to be the best ping pong player in your family and in your friend group, hands down. Yeah. It's, it, how it is. it's about getting 1% better every day and having the humility to set the bar properly low for yourself to where it's like learning piano and seeing someone else who's really good. It's really easy to compare yourself. You look at Granger and listen to him sing. You're not going to be that good when you first try seeing, but if you're able to set that bar properly low and be like, okay, I'm going to try to hit these two notes today, or I just want to figure out what key this piano song is in and I'm going to find it on the board and then do it. And then over time, that's, what's going to, that's what, that's, what's going to get you to that level is, is taking it one day at a time and not getting uh, discouraged by looking at where someone else is before that. And then the other thing is, where are you finding your validation? Are you, are you, what's, what's the motivation for learning it? Is it to be able to impress people to try to make up for some insecurity that you have? Are you trying to find that validation from other people? Or are you like, I just want to learn this because I genuinely like playing piano by myself. And if nobody ever hears it, then that's okay. But just question yourself too, before you wake up 10 years down the road and you're like, I did that to prove somebody else wrong out of anger or spite or pride. And if you can do it just because you genuinely enjoy it, you're not trying to get validation from it, then that'll help it, um, be longer lasting and meaningful. I've heard somebody say before that you could always tell in somebody's life how bad somebody wants something by the result of what that manifestation is in their life. So if, if someone says, for instance, man, my number one goal is to be a great dad, but then you look at their life and their kids are out of control and they like to spend more time on the, you know, on the bass boat on the weekends than they do throwing the ball with their, their kid, then you go, well, then you don't really want to be a great dad. Yeah. Your actions are so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah. It, the result is right there to the manifestation of what that is. So well, like when, when someone says, I really, really want to learn piano. Well, do you play piano? No, I just really want to learn. Well, then you don't really want to learn because you're not trying. Yeah. So, so let's go specific to this question from Jen. Um, how many years and do you take lessons? We'll, go, we'll start with that. Like, let's be specific about her question. How many years have you been playing? I've been playing off and on since I was about 17. I didn't play for four years when I was in college and I didn't play for the first year out of college. I decided to take it seriously and start doing literally 20 minutes a day is what I started doing about four years ago, a little over four years ago. And then I started, uh, getting to the point where I was like, okay, I'm getting better. I would like some additional guidance to get to the next level. And I start, I've been taking lessons once a week, which has helped me a lot with accountability and with learning the theory and some of the things that I don't love doing, like reading sheet music and learning the theory, the stuff that's a little bit more boring to me. It's helped me be, it's helped keep me accountable. And I've been taking lessons consistently for a little over one year. Yeah. So that goes back to also time blocking your day. So Jen, if you really want to learn piano, then you just time block your day and you go, okay, I need 20 minutes. And I, and you said, set your expectations low, set the bar low. I think that's a great plan in terms of 
Don't tell yourself you're going to practice for two hours a day for seven days a week. Yeah, you get burned out. You're going to get burned out. You're, and when you, when you don't meet that expectation of yourself, you're going to go, you know what? I was just never cut out for it. So I think 20 minutes is even 10. Even if you start with 10, like Jordan Peterson would say, set your bar super low, 10 minutes a day. I'm going to go 10 minutes a day, five days a week. Monday through Friday, 10 minutes. And that's, and that's, that's something that you could build on. Cause then you go 10 minutes works. I'm going to bump it up to 15 and you just add all that up. And you look back one day and you go, wow, I play piano, piano. So, and just any instrument is such a good, uh, such a good analogy for life too. Cause it's so easy to just get caught up in how other people are, or where they're at or yeah. focusing on wanting to be able to play the whole song perfectly. When it's like, I just need to focus on playing these few notes today correctly and be content with that totally let's get into some heavy stuff um how about relationship problems this says hey this is caleb from arkansas i'm 14 i want your advice on relationship problems i've just recently met the most wonderful and perfect girl we started dating for about a month but what hurt me most was when I found out her parents didn't want her to date until she's older, which I understand, and I'm sure you do too since you have a daughter. But we had to break up, and it just I fell into a major cloud of depression, and I don't know what to do about making us how this is going to work for our future. Do you have any suggestions on how to get rid of depression and how to convince her parents that I'm not a bad kid? Thank you for taking the time to read this. I love what you do. Keep up the great work. God bless. Thank you, Caleb. Shout out to Arkansas. Um, it's a com common question. I see this kind of question in a different form all the time coming into this podcast. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where to start. Um, 14. We'll start that he's 14. Yeah, exactly. It's not, Caleb, it's just not a big deal. It is a big deal in your world, I understand, but in the, in the perspective of your life, it's not a big deal that you found the most wonderful and perfect girl. I think you are, um, you're needing something from a wonderful, perfect girl that you are, uh, that, that's making up for something else that you're missing as a 14 year old, because you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't crave this so bad that you go into a cloud of depression. I think that's stemming from something else. So let me go ahead and answer one part of your question. Do you have any suggestions on how to get rid of depression? Brother, that's a different, this is a different question. Those are two profoundly different questions here. Um, and so if this, if this is causing you depression or a major cloud, as you put, as you put it, then there's something wrong. There's something that's like saying, I have a headache. Oh my gosh, I have, a, I have a, a headache. And then you go and you you get an MRI and there's like a growth on your brain. <laughs> like There's a difference between having a headache because you have allergies and there's actually a growth on your brain. Mm -hmm. There's something deeper than allergies going on here with your, with your headache per se. Um, so then the other part of the question is that we'll get into is you found out her parents don't want her to date till she's older which I think is a really good rule. And, and there's something to say for, for a teenager or, or, or young 20s in respecting the girl's parents' decision. And that, that's, a, that's a major thing, right? Respecting 
what her parents think about her age and dating needs to come as a high priority to you. You have to honor that. You have to honor parents. You have to honor your parents and you need to honor uh, this girl. If you truly, if you truly think she's a, a wonderful girl, that probably has a lot to do with she was brought up the right way with parents that are keeping an eye on her. Yeah. The older I get, it would be hard to tell my 14 year old self this, but the older I get, the more I am aware that it's probably not the best idea to be dating anybody unless you're in a place to marry, to marry them to the, the point of dating is to evaluate somebody for marriage. And if you're 14 years old, probably not in that season of your life yet, you are becoming a young man. You are making friends. You're being a part of sports. You're, you're figuring out, you know, the gifts that God gave you and, and where you're going to be and where he needs you to be. And, uh, I I think that every young man has gone through that early teen heartbreak and it's going to be part of it. And this is going to be something that he looks back on and it's going to be such an awesome, uh, learning opportunity for him to be like, hopefully look back and say, man, I remember when I idolized that relationship over a lot of things and it completely crushed me. And you'll learn to just look at relationships in general and women from a new perspective. For sure. Caleb, I'm saying this to you, not, not because I'm looking down on you or looking away from the outside, looking in, I'm saying it cause I've lived it and I know Parker's lived it. And I know most people listening that have been through their teen years have lived it. Uh, this is not, um, you're, you're not doing something that's out of the ordinary. I understand what you're saying. And so that's why I feel like I can tell you, buddy, move on. Like lean into your friends, lean into a hobby. 14 is the perfect age to really get into a sport or a hobby. And I, I say a hobby because maybe you're just not athletic at all. So you could lean into the math team or the chess team or, or art or theater or music. We just talked about piano. The piano is a great thing to lean into. Guitar is a great thing to lean into. That's when I learned how to play guitar. I was age 14. So think of what that did for me, leaning into guitar and pouring that time and energy that you'd be pouring into a relationship. Pour that into your buddies, your guy friends, and an instrument or football, or baseball, or wrestling, or soccer, or track. Um, Lean into that. The time is coming when you're going to find the perfect girl for you. And it might be this one, just not right now. Yeah, and in the long run, that's going to be more attractive to a girl anyway, is when she finds someone who is content and is not desperate and is working on themselves and and, and working on their purpose rather than... uh, trying so, so hard to, to get in a relationship or to get back with that ex. Yep. Good advice, Caleb. Move on. All right. How about this one? This is, this is a subject line, Yee Apparel. Parker, you are the CEO of Yee Apparel. It, it comes from Michael Buck and he says, man, what an awesome name, Michael Buck. Mm. That's a good name, Michael Buck. Uncle Buck. I wish I could be an Uncle Buck says, I don't know any other way to reach you guys, but I was wondering if you could possibly consider releasing a line of fire-resistant long-sleeve shirts. I work in the oil and gas industry, and fire-resistant clothing is a must, and I would love to be able to promote Yee Nation at work. I strongly believe that I wouldn't be the only one to purchase a fire-resistant shirt. If you could make this happen, that would be amazing. Michael Buck, 
Yee fan. Have you ever thought of that, Parker? I have not. I will say that is the first request we've gotten for that, which is typically not the best sign as a business. If you don't have clientele <laughs> that is really needing that, and from our point of view, we only have a certain amount of money. We're a small business that we can spend, and it's a big risk anytime we do a new product. Michael, I'm sorry. I would love to be able to help you out. If we get some more requests, I'm sure we could look into doing a limited edition run. Hey, we'll say this right now. Because it's live on the podcast, because this is out there in the universe now, we could say that, does anyone agree with Michael? Does it, Comment below. on If you're on iTunes, give this podcast a rating anyway. That's kind of That really would help us. Give us a rating and give us a comment. Yes to fire-resistant clothing. Why does he need it again? Well, I'm sure he's a firefighter. He's got to be a firefighter. But the, don't firefighters have like the protective outer shell? They're not going to be wearing... Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. He says, I work in oil and gas. Perfect. Oil and gas. He works in um, oil and gas. So he's, he's around you know, dangerous stuff every day, and he probably has the, the opportunity to wear whatever apparel he wants as long as it's FR. So comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Comment below. Say yes to fire-resistant. Um, if you're on Spotify, I don't think you can comment. So we will get a, a good reading on, on what this means. But, Michael... Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for supporting Yigi Apparel. And uh, thank you for believing in us enough to trust us if we were to make fire resistant that you would actually wear it in a dangerous situation. Yeah, true. Wow. Okay. Let's go to, ooh, this is, this is a good subject line. Do we have time? Yeah, we have time for, for this one, and then we'll take a break. The subject line is Christianity Extremist and Marriage. Uh-oh. It says... This is from Laura from Ontario, Canada. It says, good morning, guys. Thanks for doing what you do. My husband of 16 years, parentheses, Mary in a Catholic church, turned to Christianity approximately eight years ago. We've been together for 28 years and have a 15-year-old son. I support his journey and can recognize many upsides to desire to be with God and follow his word. There have been many adjustments along the way such as Sabbath, no mainstream TV, no alcohol, no pork. Women must work outside the home, just to name a few. I'm just reading it the way it says. It says, the issue I'm struggling with is the fact that eight weeks ago, he informed me he will not attend my parents' funeral, parentheses, when the time comes, because it will be a Catholic ceremony and attending would be sinful in his mind. I know full well and have told him that he could attend as a non-participant, no matter the denomination, in order to support his spouse, but he refuses. Although we don't agree on all aspects, I'm a believer and would not let this affect my relationship with God. God is good. I can't help but feel abandoned altogether. I'm really feeling completely disconnected from him at this point and questioning if there's any reason to spend the rest of my life with him. Your thoughts? Thanks in advance. Really looking forward to hearing your views on this. Laura from Ontario, Canada. So, married 16 years, to recap. Been together 28 and have a 15-year-old son. This is, there's a lot to unpack in this yeah, one. Yeah, there is. A lot to unpack. So, let me start backwards. Laura, let me start backwards here. 
your last paragraph. I feel disconnected and I'm questioning if there's any reason to spend the rest of my life with him. Yes. Yes. There's a reason. Let me, let me, the reason is you've been married 16 years and you have a 15 year old son. Yes. That's your reason. Listen, everybody, listen, don't look for the back door out of your marriage. Stop looking for a way out. This is crushing marriage. This is crushing families. This is crushing children. Think think what this is going to do to a 15-year-old son. Think what this is going to do to his perspective of God and country and family and mom and dad and life and relationships that he's going to be going through. We just heard from a 14-year-old boy. Think what's going through these guys' mind, this kid's mind. So is there any reason to spend the rest of your life with him? Yes. There's a thousand reasons. So stop, guys, girls, stop looking for an exit plan of your marriage. You've known him for 28 years. There's got to be something there. There's got to be something there that you could salvage. You work. Marriages work. Work through it. Prepare, prepare for battle. Put your battle gear on. You're going to war, Laura. You're going to war against society and the norms and culture, and you're going to fight for your marriage, and you're going to fight for your husband. And let him know that no matter what, you're not looking for a way out. Even if he, even if he doesn't attend your parents' funeral, your marriage is more important than your parents' funeral. Your parents' funeral is important. It's very important. And your husband's attendance should be an important thing. But nothing compared to losing your marriage, walking out on that, walking out on your 15-year-old son. I'm going to start with that. Then we can You're fired up right now. Yeah, I see this stuff and I'm just like, really? And I haven't even begun to unpack how many things are wrong about either what her husband is believing or her perspective of what she thinks he's believing. I'm assuming she's getting this straight from him and this is a completely distorted view of of what following Christ means. And it's, it's completely against anything that the, that a Christ follower would say. Well, the subject was Christianity, Christianity extremist. And I don't, I don't really see any, any part of this on either side being a, a Christian extremist Christian. Let me just say in my perspective of what we have blown this, this word extremist out of the, out of the planet. Um, but man, I hope to God, I hope to God that it would make sense on my tombstone to say Christ extremist. Granger Smith, Christ extremist. <laughs> like, I would hope to God that, that people would think of me that way. Like, I should be so blessed if the culture thought of me as an extreme follower of Christ. That's amazing. That's what I want to be. And in case, in case anyone hasn't figured that out about me, that's what I want to be. And we just got through saying, whatever you want, you could tell how bad you want it by the results of what that is in your life. So I hope that the fruits of that in my life are evident that I want to be passionately pursuing Christ. That, guys, that's what Christianity means. It's, it's not a culture or a heritage. And I, I don't even like the word religion. I was going to say, that's the first thing that people say. And I was actually at a buddy's ranch this last weekend and their dad, or excuse me, his grandfather who owned the ranch, uh, he was, he was, uh, 
not the biggest proponent of alcohol and he didn't like it when people were drinking on the ranch, especially his grandkids. And the guy was like, yeah, he's just super religious. And I, and I, I guess that could be a religious thing yeah. to become a legalist. But I do think it's interesting that a lot of people would view you in your spiritual rebirth and becoming a, 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 a follower of Christ, a radical follower of Christ. And they would say, Granger's super religious now. What, what are the connotations to that versus being a radical follower of Christ, do you think? What is, what is the difference you between the being right religious? Word. The right word is legalist. That's what we use. A legalist means, um, you're, you're, if you're very legalistic, then that means you, you, take, you take pieces of God's commands and you, you go overboard with that. So, for instance, let's, let's dive into this a little bit. Um, um, no mainstream TV. Like, you, you have to have a really good reason as a Christian to say, no mainstream TV. Like, maybe your reason could be, I am extremely addicted to sexual sensuality. And if I see it in a commercial, then I'm, in my mind, I'm gone. Like, I'm sinning like crazy. Okay, then, dude, you probably shouldn't watch any mainstream TV. But that's rare. Um, no alcohol. That is not a, a Christian law. It's not a drunkenness is, but not alcohol. Like in fact, in fact, the Bible says in many points, drink and be merry, or wine brings gladness to the heart. So it's drunkenness that's that is that is the sin. Um, pork that that's an old Jewish Old Testament thing. Like Christ came to abolish that, right? And and. Peter goes through this whole this whole thing where where he he learns that he can eat pork now and then you guys could read this for yourself in the New Testament but he goes through this whole thing where he he can't eat he, he can eat pork and then he gets around some of his Jewish buddies and they're like you can't eat pork and this so he goes back and he and Paul confronts him and, and and if you're not eating pork for a Christian reason then you that is a sin because you are completely misunderstanding what Jesus taught being a Christian is being a follower of Christ. It's not about being legalistic or it's not about being super religious. And all of these reasons right here, like you, you said there's been many adjustments along the way. What I would want to see is here's the many adjustments. He loves more. He's more patient. He's more forgiving. He's more understanding. He takes us to church every Sunday. He prays with us over every meal and before we go to bed. Like, those are the things that you would want to see. Not, here's the reasons. He doesn't eat pork. He doesn't watch mainstream TV. No alcohol. Women must not work outside the home. Like, guys, that, that is, this is the distorted view, a completely distorted view of, uh, of Christianity. And it sounds like, it sounds like a, he has gotten into some cult or some sect of of Christianity. If you can't go to if you feel like you can't go to your parents or your your in-laws funeral because they're Catholic and you don't believe in Catholicism, then you are um you're in a trap. You're in a dark place. So I guess to kind of sum up this email, I think I think I'm seeing 
I'm seeing some bad stuff on both sides. Laura, on your side, uh, you looking for a way out. And, um, and on your husband's side, he's being, a, he's being an extreme legalist. And then I want to say one more thing that, this, that stood out to me in this email. You said, I support his journey. This is the beginning. I support his journey, and I could recognize many upsides to his desire to be with God. That is completely underplaying Christianity. I see, I see the upsides. This is going to save, guys, non-believers. This is, how, this is how I feel about this. This is life-saving. Following Christ is life-saving. It's not an upside. There's not, there's not a, it's a perk. It's a nice perk. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, in that way, you're completely underplaying what this could be doing. But then I hear what he's doing, and then that's all. This is completely distorted. And, and you guys need to, you need to communicate. You need to come together. You need to, um, you need to honor each other. So you you got to honor him. It sounds like you are, Laura, and he has to honor you. And you guys need to compromise on a church. You need to find your middle ground. You need to go to a good Bible-believing, Bible-believing, like church, a church that is preaching the Bible that doesn't say you can't eat pork. That's a Jewish thing, guys. Uh, and, and that could be a different email. I know we have Jewish people email this podcast. I love that. So that's a different, a different subject, but if we're not talking about that, so, um, I would start, I would, here's the, here's the order of what you do. Pray, you get into the word, you read the Bible and you seek wise counsel. Repeat, pray, get into the word, seek wise counsel, repeat, whether that has to do with jobs or marriage or, or trying to find your, your path in this world, pray, Get into the word, seek wise counsel. The wise counsel being people that are already praying and in the word. So pray, read the Bible, get in the word, and then seek wise counsel that pray and get into the word. I'm convinced that those three options, you do those three things, you could solve every problem as a, that a human could have. Do you agree? Yes. I, I think it would save every marriage. It would save every every form of depression. It would save... Um, every lost job and any, any question you guys have on this podcast, if you pray, you get into the word, which means read the Bible and you seek wise counsel of people that pray into the word that I, I could go on forever. I'm like in the loop right now, but, um, yeah, I get fired up. Let me, let's take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> podcast is brought to you guys today by Ritual. You deserve to know what's going in your body, especially when it comes to something that we take every single day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body could actually use. You know what you won't find? Sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed response capsule design makes taking your vitamins easy. Guys, I'm not a vitamin guy. I never have been. In fact, I remember one time I was at Texas A&M, and I started this multivitamin routine, and I was walking to class at, in the core at 7 a.m., and I started feeling a little sick to my stomach. And I was like, why, why would I feel sick to my stomach? I literally ended up on campus 
throwing up because my stomach got so upset and, uh, and I had to go behind some bushes that I'm just telling you that story to let you know I'm ever since then, I was not a multivitamin guy until ritual. And I don't know what, how they make it so perfect, but they, they make it easy on my stomach so I could actually take it and feel good that I'm getting what I need out of a multivitamin. And I know that the, the ingredients are so good that it does not affect my gut at all. So that's why I take Ritual all the time now, and I feel great about it. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients in a form that your body could actually use to help fill nutrients and all the gaps in your diet with no shady extras. Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high-quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two daily pills. Maybe it's that that delayed release that uh, that doesn't make me sick to my stomach, but it's perfect. So you know... You're going to get all the nutrients that you're, you're that you're taking. You know exactly where they're going to come from because Ritual has a one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. It's now available for women, men, teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support all the different life stages. Your multivitamins are delivered right to your door every single month, so it's super easy with free shipping always. You could start, snooze, or cancel your subscription. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. You can't ask for anything better than that. So go try it out. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Granger to start your ritual today. Parker Smith, my brother, guest of the podcast today. Did you have anything you need to announce for Yee Apparel, anything you're on this podcast today we have our fall 2021 launch coming september 17th that's a friday at 10 a.m we have like 36 different products coming i've worked over 15 months on some of these products we have custom flannels that you've been wearing yeah and you like them right i love it i actually love it i i wore it we just played a show last night in boise idaho and uh, flew back this morning but i wore the the red and black flannel and it fits me great. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to overplay this. You know me, Parker. I will not wear it on the stage. Just yes, ra- I tried. I won't randomly wear something on the stage just because I'm trying to sell it because I think it's something we need to market. I will only wear it if it fits great and I think it looks cool. Yeah, it's really special and amazing just to be to the point where this is not just a plug of your usual artist or influencers merch where we made some t-shirts this is stuff that we've been working on for over a year custom soft shell jackets canvas work jackets completely custom hoodies we we analyzed everything in the fit and constructed them from scratch so it's going to be it's going to be really fun on some september 17th and we will actually be in bristol that day watching the yee car race uh in bristol tennessee which is going to be amazing too so that'll be a crazy day yeah i love it man it's the best flannel i've ever worn now of of course i would say that because we have been going through prototype after prototype after like just just getting this custom made uh so that it looks and feels and fits good um and has all the yee tags on it so i'm just like you said, this has gone so far past 
artist merch of hats and koozies and stickers and t-shirts. And now we're truly getting into an apparel company now where we're going to have, um, lifestyle clothing that, um, that will, that'll fit every season and that something you could wear, you know, in cool weather, cold weather, hot weather that you're truly proud of, not just because of a printed design on the front of a shirt. So super excited. Back on these questions, this, uh, the subject line is advice for a fan. It says, Hey guys, my name is Josh. I'm 19 years old. I'm from the sticks in Louisiana. Just need some advice on some stuff I've been dealing with and would love a second opinion on the matter. I recently had a breakup. It was with this girl for a little over four years. I'm about to leave for basic training, but I'm just having a lot of trouble fighting this depression and loads of emotions. I love her and I want to make her my wife, but well, I guess you could say life got in the way and I'm in a lot of pain. I'd love an outside perspective. I'd love any advice. I appreciate it. I'm a huge fan. Keep up the great work and stay safe. What's up, Josh? Shout out to the Sticks in Louisiana. 19 years old. Thank you for your service. Thank you for volunteering to go to basic training during a crazy time when a lot of people are running from United States Armed Forces. They're running like crazy away from it. And you're going into the fire, brother. And that says a lot about you. It says a lot about your integrity and, and your resolve and what you're wanting to do. Uh, to keep this country safe, to to support liberty, and um, go against some evil forces out there in the world. We all know that they exist if you just watch the news for two seconds. So thank you, Josh. I appreciate you, man. Parker, where do we go with this? This is another, this is another love lost, and now they're depressed. But it's a little bit different. He's not 14. He's 19. This is a big age difference. And he's going to basic training. Where do you start did, with this? Who broke up with who? Did they just say she, that they broke up? He says, life got in the way. Um, recently had a breakup. Didn't really say what happened, except for the fact that he says, I love her. I want to make her my wife. And life got in the way. I'm in a lot of pain. I'd love an outside perspective. Well, it's, it's interesting now when you hear people go, we either want to break up or we're going to get married. It's one of the two. And they just kind of use those terms so loosely. It's True. like, do, do you love her and you want to get married or did you break up? You're, you're not together. True. So what does that mean that life got in the way? I mean, I just think that it's really easy for the world to tell us that we are incomplete in our singleness and that if you don't have a family and you don't have children and you're not building a legacy for yourself as men, if you're not building an empire with your career as a woman, if you're not having a family right now and you don't have children, it's really easy to think that you're incomplete in that. And that's just, that's just coming from, that's a cultural thing. It's coming from the TV that we're watching, the romantic comedies that we're watching, the sitcoms. It's always easier to see the grass being greener on the other side. 50% of marriages end up in divorce. Way more than that, people are miserable in their marriage and wish that they were single. See, last question, <laughs> if you want to know more about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and then married people want to be single in their unhappiness. Single people want to be married. So it's like, it's not about marriage. This is just, this is about a trend of human beings being discontent where they are. And man, I would just say to, 
try to figure out exactly what's going on in your heart to that you're you're getting put in this place of depression and how did this relationship become such an idol to you and there's probably a pretty good reason that you broke up and maybe that's an op- I mean I would probably be extremely upset if someone told me this when I was 19 and so I'm not trying to to pick at you or anything but maybe it's something that in the long term you'll say thank god that I went through that so that I could be more prepared for future relationships to know that that wasn't the end all you're 19 years old you have 20 years to get married. You have 30 years to get married if you want. If you if you really want to get married, chances are you're going to get married one day. Yeah. But to idolize it, there's a lot of things that I don't have. I don't have – I'm not married. I, I don't have a 2021 truck. I drive a 2008 Chevy Tahoe, but I'm not going to despair that I don't have a brand new car right now or a brand new house or a marriage or kids because that's not ultimate to me. Because I know that, you know, when we die, we're not going to be married in heaven. And so there's, there's nothing ultimate about that. This is all temporary. So as much as we say this, it's always be content where you're at. Try to figure out prayer, reading God's word, seeking wise counsel. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things at play here, Josh. One is there is a there is a feeling that every man has of pursuit. It's how we're built. Our hearts are built to pursue and conquer. And sometimes that gets in the way at the beginning of a relationship because whenever you're in pursuit and you're in the dating process, you want to go ahead and conquer and wrap this up. And you, you get sometimes you get lost in that pursuit and you it gets distorted to what this really means in terms of love. And if you really love this girl and you can get clouded into thinking, yes, I do, but you're, you're really just wanting to win and you're losing right now. You're losing, you're behind three touchdowns and they have the ball and you just want to win this game. I want to marry her. I think that's where it comes in where it's like, are we broken up or should we get married? I think it's, that's, I don't want to win. I'm losing. And that's, that's a good that's a good trait to have in so many things in life, except when it comes to relationships. You got to actually use your brain and not your heart. And right now, your heart is speaking loudly over your brain. Um, I would say, as far as just her, just pump the brakes. Just pump the brakes. Let a little time go by, and let you, let this heart stop beating so loudly, and let your mind take over a little bit. And maybe you'll be able to kind of see. You know what? I did. I messed up in these areas. Or, you know what? She wasn't the right one. She was a little crazy. I just didn't see it. Uh, she's actually a little crazy. I didn't. So uh, that a little time will help you. It's, nothing has to happen right now. There is no. There's no impending finish line. That you're 19. Like Parker said, you got a lot of time. So pump the brakes. Let a little time go by. The other thing that's at play here, I think, is you're going into basic training, and so you're feeling this desperate feeling of taking care of stuff at home so that in in the chance that you're going to have to be relocated and go to you know Fort Bliss or Fort Hood or Fort Carson, and you're going to move around or maybe deployed, and you're going to be in Germany or Afghanistan if we have to go back there <laughs> next year, you're, you're feeling this thought of... Man, what if I get what if I get sent off to go to Germany and I have to live there for 16 months 
and a lot of my buddies are married and I don't have anything. And I'm, then I'm lost and I just lost all this time. But I got this girl and she's actually pretty good. And I know we're broken up, but I could, if I could just marry her, I could wrap that up. And then she could, I think you're trying to tie the knot just to take care of business at home because you've got this impending career thing about to happen. There's a lot of uncertainty of going into the, the military, going into basic. You don't know what your next five years are going to look like, really. But I'm going I'm to sit here and tell you on this podcast that that's a great thing to go into that as a single 19-year-old man. No strings, no commitments, no babies in the cradle at home, no child support, no bills you got to pay, no long-distance uh, FaceTime when the, inter- the Wi-Fi is super slow and you're in the middle of nowhere. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's just you. So this is a time to focus on you, to develop you, to learn, like Parker said, to be content with you and your singleness and focus on it, doing what you want to do in the military. You didn't say what branch, so I can't say um, what you can't speculate to what you might be doing. But now is the time to really um, you're going to hone in your skills on what what the next part of your life is going to look like. And you are free to do that. So here's the difference. The last time, the last question She's wondering for if she could have an exit plan to the marriage. And I'm screaming, saying, no, you can't. But to you, Josh, I'm screaming at you saying, you're not in it yet. So stay single. You see the difference? Like, don't rush into this. or I'm going to be talking to you in 15 years and saying the same thing back to you. You rushed into this marriage because you, you thought you liked, you thought you loved her. And then you, you thought you got depressed and then you went into basic. And then, so you went ahead and married her. Then you guys had a kid and now he's eight years old. And now your wife doesn't talk to you anymore. And you're about to go on your third deployment. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's funny because it's not funny, but there's an, I saw another question in here that the subject line is military marriage is hard. Look, I look at it right now. Literally, military marriage is hard. is is one of the questions on here. And so I'm going. I'm going back to you, Josh, and going. Don't be one of those statistics. And I appreciate you emailing. Yeah, it's it's it is hard, and it's easy to to have a misconstrued idea of. It's like, what is the gravity of standing up before your friends and family and God and making a binding agreement with each other that you will be together till death do you part? That's a big deal. And I think that our society gets so caught up in culture telling us, like I said, that we're incomplete without it and that we have to do it. And then we get caught up in our feelings and don't use our brain instead of asking ourselves from the very beginning. What am I looking for in a wife? Do I understand what marriage is and the amount of work that it takes? Or is it just going to be, you know, dinners and cleaning and just easy stuff all the time? Like people just think it's going to be some fantasy. Well, here's, here's how we could help. Let me read this next question. We'll go right from Josh right into the next question. And maybe this next question, I don't know what it's about to say, but maybe it will help Josh answer his questions better than I can. It says, Hey Granger, my name is Sergeant Ship Thomas J. And I want to say like everyone else, thank you for your music. It has saved me a few times and thank you for that. I was so happy to be there for your first concert last year in July. The real reason I'm messaging you is this. My wife and I 
are both in the United States Army. In the last six, almost seven months, we've been apart. And in mid-July, we'll be seeing each other for the first time. We have been fighting, well, mostly arguing a lot. And she brought up us just being different people. And what if we're no longer happy with each other? This hurts a lot. And I'm not sure how to go about this. Any advice from you would be very helpful. Thank you for your music and the support of of the armed forces. Man, thank you, Sergeant Ship. And thank you for your service. Just like I said to Josh, um, thank you for uh, thank you for volunteering in, in this crazy time, and 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 then going through this with your wife, who, uh, and and hopefully, I'm hoping that Thomas. I hope that this this is going to also help Josh. That's that's my goal. That you are helping someone else uh, through your email. And my answer would be completely different because now there's this is a different situation. You're married. Uh, his wife's name is Amber, by the way. So we should, we have that in common. So Parker, Amber, his Amber has told him through a lot of fighting and a lot of arguing, she has told him, we are different people and we are no longer happy with each other. And then Thomas says, this hurts a lot. And I'm not sure how to go about it. Yeah, I'll answer the best I can as a uh, non-married 28-year-old, but I would just say from the experience that I've had with my married friends and and, uh, some of my divorced friends, I think a lot of people in the world just kind of like I said earlier have a misconstrued idea of what marriage is and the, the gravity of bringing two people together for life and all of the challenges that come with it and exactly how hard it is. And people always think that I just, they'll say, and I just don't know how compatible we are. Or mm. I just feel like we're different. Like he said, it's mm. like, yeah, we are. Di- you're right. two different people that live in a sinful world right. that are tr- are spending seven months apart. There's always going to be somebody out there that's more compatible for you. There's always going to be somebody out there that has more in common with you. You're two completely different souls trying to do this thing called life together. And there's always going to be somebody out there that's more compatible. And so it's it's even when you don't feel like it, even when those feelings fade at the end of the day, think that it comes down to making the choice to stay together and make the most of it and, and do the best you can for the sake of the binding agreement that you made. Would you agree? I totally agree. This is another mind over heart. I think we, we tend to think with our hearts and God gave us a brain to think with our brains. In fact, the Bible says so many times that the heart is wicked. But today's culture wants to say, follow your heart. Listen to your heart. Follow. No, guys, stop listening to your heart. You got to use your brains. And this is a situation where exactly what Parker's saying, I totally agree that you're going to have to look her in the eye. Communication is going to be key here. You're going to look her in the eye and say, babe, I think you're right. Us being two different people and no longer happy. But happiness, unlike joy, Happiness is a choice that you make. Happiness is something that you go, you know what? We're not happy. So let's dive into this and let's decide that we are going to be happy. Let's find our common ground. Let's listen more. Let's, let's compromise more. And you could also say that, that, that 
you guys have been apart for the last six or seven months. That's a strain on your marriage. So you're going through a rough patch. You're going through a valley right now. But it's not always, you're not always going to be six or seven months apart. This is, this is a season, and you're going to make it through. So be patient through this season and find contentment and find, find gratitude and lower your expectations. So it's like I was saying with Chad a couple weeks ago on this podcast. Lower your expectations and raise your gratitude. I want everyone to understand that I want you to have high expectations for your life and your love and your marriage and your relationships and your kids and your jobs. I want you to have high expectations. So don't get me wrong, but I want you to have higher gratitude. And if you have to lower your expectations a little bit in order to make that gratitude pass it, then you got to do what you got to do. And so right now you're going to go, you know what, babe, I don't expect us to have great little frivolous conversations on the phone or FaceTime or however you guys are talking every day. I expect, for me personally, I'm speaking for myself. When I, like today, I'm coming off of two early morning flights. I flew yesterday, um, had an early flight to Idaho from Texas. I went, hit the ground running. We did meet and greets. Chris and I did 210 meet and greets. We went right to the stage. I went right to bed. And then I had a um, five o'clock alarm and got an early flight. I'm back here in Texas. I know that when I do something like this, that I'm going to be a little short tempered. My fuse is a little, a little short. And I have to recognize that I'm not going to be my best version of myself. So if I start arguing right now with my wife, I'm going to have to quickly recognize, I'm sorry, babe. I just haven't had much sleep. I'm not myself. I need some good sleep. So you guys need a good sleep in your marriage, per se. You're going through a tough six or seven months that you just got to get through this season. And then you reevaluate once you're back home, once you're stable again, maybe a couple kids are in the mix, you, but you guys are both out of the army and then you're going to be in a different place. It sounds like you might need a Caribbean vacation. Go take a cruise. No, don't do that. Everyone's saying don't do that now. Go to an island somewhere and get on a beach and uh, spend some of that army money and relax a little bit and just understand each other. So when she wants to come at you arguing, what if you agreed with her? Got to put away the pride, put away all this, all the, the the desire to win, and just to been like she's like you know you're a punk, and you just go, huh. yeah you're you're right, like instantly that shuts it down. She can't go after you again. She can't go. I, I mean you're really a punk. Yeah you're you're right. I haven't been the, I haven't been there like you deserve. You deserve me to be there. You deserve the best version of me, and I haven't been that. I've been bogged down with work. I've been missing you. I've been busy. I've been lacking sleep. This is a crazy time, guys, with, with everything that's been going on with the the world and the, and everything's going on in the military. This is just a crazy time. You're in a, you're in a season that will pass. And so look at it like that. It's a season that's going to pass, and this happiness that you're talking about you don't have you're, you're acting like we're no longer happy, and then that's final. Like, that's the end. We're no longer happy, close the book. No, it's just a season. You could regain that happiness when you choose to. And you are, like you said, you guys are two different people now. That's okay. 
It's not bad. You don't expect when you get married at 18 or 19, don't expect to be the same person that you married when you're age 28 or 38. My wife's not the same. She's not the same girl I married. And I thank God that she's not. I don't want to be married to the 27-year-old Amber. I want to be married to the 38-year-old Amber because I don't have anything in common anymore with the 27-year-old Amber like I used to. So thank God she's not the same. And thank God I'm not. And thank God we can evolve through that. But you guys are going to be okay. And you got your, you got your, uh, you got your priorities straight because you're worried about it. And that's good. So that's my advice. You want to hit another one, Parker? Sure. I feel like I've been yelling for three questions now. Here's one that says, please help. My girlfriend broke up with me. I don't think I'm going to read that one. No. I think we're kind of covered that. Yeah. I'm picking and choosing now. Okay. How, how this is, seems like it's completely different. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Brody. I'm from Kentucky. Shout out to Kentucky. Lately, my parents have been wanting me to go back to high school for the experience. Right now, I'm homeschooled. But they want me to go back and experience all sorts of stuff. I have major anxiety. So I really don't want to know. I really don't want to know how I'm, excuse me. So I really don't know how I feel about it. And I want to go back and I want to meet all the friends and all that sorts of stuff. But I don't know right now if high school is right for me. Is he saying how old he is? No. So high school age. Brody from Kentucky. He's homeschooled. This is a, um, an easy one for me. Go for it. Parents, parents want him to go back because they want him to experience all sorts of stuff. They're probably seeing, Brody, they're probably seeing in you. This goes back to trust your parents. Honor your parents. They're probably seeing something in you since they live with you that they're wanting to expand your vocabulary of the world a little bit. They're probably seeing, uh uh-oh, Brody's getting a little too comfortable at home. And that's evident by you having anxiety about going back to high school. So first of all, let me just start by saying I'm 100% with your parents that you need to go back to high school. Why? Because of the way you're emailing me saying you have anxiety because then I would say to you, Brody, and I'm always speaking this podcast as though we're buddies, Brody. I'm talking as we're buddies sitting around a campfire. I would say, bro, what's going to happen if you have anxiety about going to high school? What's going to happen after that? What's going to happen in a job? What's going to happen in a relationship? What's going to happen when you have to do anything else outside of mom and dad's house? That's what they're seeing in this. That's what they're wanting you to experience. So I think this goes back to Parker. Do hard things. Always remember, remember we talked about this a lot, Parker, at one point, like a year ago. Always in life, when you have a a fork in the road, choose the harder path. Because every time you choose the harder path, And then you choose another harder path and another harder path. You're separating yourself from the rest of the world. If you slowly choose hard things, I'm not saying 
the most difficult decision of your life, make that every time. I'm saying lean into your anxiety and, and the hard things and it will come back and pay so much tenfold for you. Yeah. Got to get out of the comfort zone. Do hard things, live an easy life, do easy things, live a hard life. That's what Tyler said, right? Say that again, slow, slowly for anyone taking notes. Wow. If you're taking notes on this, that would be <laughs> a lot of people take notes to your podcast these days, I guess. All right. Get your pen out. Do hard things, live an easy life, do easy things, live a hard life. That's the play on words. That's it. There doesn't, Brody, there doesn't need to be anything else said besides that. Do hard things, live an easy life, do easy things, live a hard life. You stay at home with mom and dad, you're going to have a hard life. I promise you. That anxiety grows from a little baby to a huge dragon, one step at a time, one day at a time of you staying in your comfort zone. And then one day that anxiety is going to be so big and your social anxiety and your depression and your inability to get out of your comfort zone is going to be so big that it's going to be really hard to function. So mm -hmm. every time you feel that little fear, see that as a step to boom, I'm going to step into that and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Every, it's a great point. Every, every time I feel that little twinge of anxiety, that's a sign. That's exactly what I need to do. That's a great point. How do you know you're on the right path? If you have that little butterfly in your stomach, then you're, you're on the right path. So let me help you, Brody. Let me help you with a, a concrete plan of how to go back to high school. You wake up, brush your teeth, put on your clothes, put on your shoes, get in the car and go. To show up, show up, lean into it, show up. You don't have to, you don't have to have some big elaborate plan. You don't have to join the football team at day one and fill your schedule. You literally show up. I'm sure you can attest to this. Some of the most nerves that you've ever had from being a 17 year old getting on a stage for a first time to being where you are now in some of the biggest areas of your life, some of the biggest moments of your life. When that anxiety is so high and you're so nervous, that's usually when you feel the most accomplished afterwards, after yeah. you step into it. Absolutely. And that's where you see the most growth. And you know what I do when I'm really nervous and I'm going on a stage or I'm doing a TV show and I'm really nervous, really nervous. You know what I always do? The first thing I say to the crowd is I acknowledge that I'm nervous. I did that in that sermon in Indiana. I made sure that I walked up and then one of the first things I said on my first sermon at the church was, wow, I'm really nervous right now. And Brody, you could do the same thing. You could go and the teacher could say, Hey, how are you doing, Brody? Tell me a little bit about yourself. And you go, well, I'm actually pretty nervous. I'm a homeschool kid. This is new to me and I'm nervous. And opening up that kind of vulnerability just makes people's, people's heart go out to you. They're just like that, that teacher would be like, well, let me help you. Let me show you around. Let me introduce you to, to people. They take you under your wing. It's instead of trying to cover it up, just straight up tell them I'm nervous and you will do well, Brody. Email back. I want to see, I see what happens to you and I want to hear a, a report back, but I appreciate you email and shout out to Kentucky. I appreciate all you guys so much. I want to say again, please, um, this is episode 99. Stay tuned for episode 100 next Monday. We put these out every single Monday morning, somewhere around 6.30 
a.m. Central Time. We're trying to hit everybody so that you could uh, commute to work with it or or ride with it in the truck or whatever you're doing listening to this podcast. I just I appreciate being up in your ear on Mondays. So stay tuned next week, episode 100. If you're listening on Apple, leave a review. It would help them out a lot Yep, on yep. the charts. Yep. Leave a review if you're enjoying it. If you want to hear more Parker, um, Yee Yee Podcast launches every Wednesday, and you pretty much are on that every single Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, so. we got the Yee Yee Podcast talking everything outdoors, the office, uh, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. And don't take ourselves too seriously. You may get a couple of laughs over there. That's Wednesday mornings. Cool. See you guys. Yee Yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee Yee. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.